Welcome to the Pulpit and Pew podcast. In this episode, we discuss the challenges of working with negative coworkers. We offer some tools and tips on helping your workplace become less toxic and deal with people that seem intent on making your work life difficult. As always, thanks for listening. And if you find these discussions helpful, please pass them along to others. Hi, this is Patrick Reed and Eric Blauer. And this is Pulpit and Pew, where we discuss how to be a Christian in the work world. And we explore collaboration and understanding from both the perspective of the person walking out their faith in a day-to-day postmodern work life and the perspective of church-centric work life. Mm-hmm. Podcast number six, I believe. Yeah, I think so. We're, we're getting into it now. Yep. So... Um, this podcast, Eric, uh, you know, what I really wanted to discuss with you and explore with you was uh, when coworkers are negative. Um, you know, one of my frustrations with the current uh, conversation about work uh, in the things that I think are out there, books and some podcasts and things like that, uh, is what it seems to be a lack of detailed discussion uh, about what I've experienced as, as typical work scenarios for workers in the world uh, and how to overcome them and, and just be a light uh, in those scenarios as a, as a Christian worker. Uh, so, you know, some of the things that I want to talk about ultimately in, in, you know, in our discussions, you know, is, is hard to, how to start well in the workplace, uh, how to deal with meetings. I, you know, this is kind of a weird one, but how to deal with meetings that you might feel not aren't beneficial to you. Um, directly, uh, what do you do when you know you find the mission of your company doesn't connect with the boots on the ground? And we've talked a little bit about that already, but um, the you know connect with the boots on the ground and the, the ethic that's happening in the trenches, kind of where where I exist and where you may exist. You know when when managers ask too much, um, you know dealing with coworker conflicts and and different personalities at work, uh, dealing with the messiness of coworker beliefs sexuality, politics, everything that could be, you know, there's a whole list of things I'm sure that we could talk about there. Um, and, you know, the point of this podcast is, to me, is what do you do when coworkers are negative? So we're hoping that we'll have a chance to talk about all those things, but today I want to focus on the, um, the coworker negativity um, as it is. Okay, so in our conversation about... Dealing with a, a negative coworker, you brought up some points about um, that your conversation isn't just about whether someone is a positive or a pes- you know positive or pessimistic. That's not half full cup or um, half empty cup. Maybe you can explain to us what you're not really articulating. Because when you say a negative person, there's a lot of things I think about, like someone's. Uh, you know, that are circumstantial, maybe their temperament, uh, their upbringing, maybe it's biochemical, they just, you know, they have yeah. issues where they're just kind of lean one way or the other, uh, or or biological. Women approach some things generally maybe one way, men often another. There's there's some of those dynamics. So when you're thinking about the negative person at work um, and how to deal with them, what are you not really wanting to focus on kind of give me a little thought there yeah so that's good point i mean i think what i really want to i don't really necessarily want to talk about um personalities at this point i mean i think that everybody has a different personality some people are you know 
uh, call me a realist or call me a pessimist, you know, or don't call me a pessimist. I'm too pessimistic for that. Uh, or, you know, don't, you know, I'm an optimist and everything's, you know, rosy and, and, you know, sunshiny and things all the time. I, you know, there's obviously going to be personalities at work, but that's not really what I'm talking about. What I really want to focus on is, I guess, uh, you know, to your point, what, what happens, what do you do when coworkers are negative at you, towards you? Like, mm. They, they, they just seem to have a, you know, a beat on you or they, uh, there's just a person that just doesn't seem to like you and it kind of wants to take all their frustrations out on you. Um, and I guess it's similar to, um, that kind of a bully in a way, like what, what happens if you're getting bullied at work? Um, and so that's kind of what I want to explore. Do you have some examples like from your work life wide generally yeah. generally <laughs> that maybe come to mind like where you've experienced dynamics that you are frustrated with that you can't seem to solve or I mean I I've got a few what about you? Do you have some particular points in your history that it's like wow that was really frustrating I didn't know how to deal with that or yeah, I mean, I think that um, in, in my current uh, career as a PA, I think that, um, you know, it's an interesting dynamic because you have uh, managers and you have, um, I have doctors that I work with and I have other, uh, to, you know, I theoretically could have other mid-levels that I, I have worked with and I've only really only worked with, with one or two, uh, generally those people that have been great, but um there's sometimes miscommunication and um, misunderstanding and I guess I'm being general here but because um, I can't think of anything off the top of my head that's that's really specific other than some situations that have happened recently but um, it does seem like um, I've had some experience with bullies in the past and I have been bullied um, at work um, and it seems like there's a lot of similarity between, mm. boy, I mean, as soon as you turn your back, uh, there's a spitwad coming at your head uh, kind of activity. Um, mm. And so, you know, there there can be, in my experience, there's been <clears throat> times when, you know, I've had uh, pseudo managers uh, and other coworkers just uh, treat me kind of poorly. Uh, and it just seems to be incessant. Um, and it's like, gosh, this is ridiculous. How, how am I supposed to respond to this? I got to get some things done. We've got to work as a team. Um, let's rise above this, but you're not going to do that. You're, you're going to just kind of undercut everything I'm trying to do to make our work succeed. And, uh, why why would you do that that's I mean, okay so that's articulating one thing someone who in the workplace is undercutting what you uh are trying to do or mm -hmm. or bring to the table can you describe maybe uh, what are some other things that you think are negative uh examples of negativity in the workplace uh that undercutting being one yeah what are some other ones that you think co people at work are dealing with from negative people well i think you know it, it, it could be anything I I th imagine from, uh, you know, the sideways look of what you brought to lunch today, every day that you bring something <laughs> to lunch. Like, wow. uh, I've exposed the fact that I'm a little, 
uh, maybe I, I deal with weight and I'm trying to diet, but mm. then you're looking at me sideways when everybody's having donuts and I'm having a donut too. What, what, what are you doing to that poor person who, you know, they, they, they need calories just like everybody else. And now they seem to be picked on because of this, that, or the other, uh, you know, food intake situation. That's kind of a, that's a negativity that is not necessary. And, uh, and, and so that may be one example, but, you know, clothes that you wear, um, you know, whatever your situation may be behind outside the work environment, um, if you entrust, some, you know, talking with somebody at work to that, that can, that can, if you don't trust the right person at work, that can become leverage for, and I've seen this happen before to other people where it, you know, it becomes leverage for the wrong person. Uh, maybe a bully a type person to then spread rumors and um, uh, cause somebody to feel like an outsider and um, and that's just not helpful not a good it doesn't bring a good working environment and it's just a lot of it happens with coworkers. I find that you know um, there you know people are we talked about uh, trying to get a leg up stepping on somebody's back to get up and you know that 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 kind of bullying happens, I think, um, when people are trying to get a leg up. Either they're trying to get a favor with a manager, and they want to they want to be able to have, you know, some favor, or uh, they're literally trying to get to the next level and and become a manager, something like that. Um, I I've, I've seen people really step on other people and make them make it seem like they're. Uh, you know, they don't know what they're doing or they're, yeah. you know, that, that kind of thing. Yep. I think yep. those I, are other examples. Yeah. Some of the examples I, I can think of from my experience and, and my wife's where, where people, um, get, um, they're intimidated by your work ethic. Yeah. So you're bringing a certain level of work ethic to projects, to the job and maybe you're working harder than them, so they've got to find a way to somehow knock you down yeah. in the eyes of other people because you're the way you show up at a certain time, maybe when you leave, the quality of your work, how you handle yourself begins to expose areas of their own work ethic that look bad in light of how you're performing. Yeah. And so that becomes a place where negativity is directed to you to make you look bad and that can be expressed through the way they talk to you to supervisors yeah. the way they talk about you to coworkers, anything they can do to make excuses or maybe deflect from their own quality of work on you um i think that also plays out in when people are uh, insecure about maybe a coworker that is more attractive or more handsome mm -hmm. or better gifted in certain things. Um, maybe they dress better. Um, they have a nicer car. They're, those kind of interpersonal things can even yeah. play out in a workplace where you just seem like the cheerleader or the quarterback. And I have an innate sense of myself that I am easily outshined by how good you are. So I'm going to find a way whether I'm conscious or not, to constantly be picking at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think of when I had I had a boss once when I, where I was working and and she was older than she was much older than I was. I was in high school. She was an adult woman, and I remember we worked each, with each other for a couple of years, and there was a point 
towards the end of where I was going to get married and change jobs. And I told her one time for the first time, kind of like my background. And she was stunned. And I remember her saying, I thought you were just this spoiled kid that came from a perfect background, this Christian little guy that was working in church, had the perfect life. And ever since that point in our work life for the rest of the time we worked together, I had a level of respect with her that only came from her hearing clearly what kind of life I actually had outside the workplace. Imperfect. Imperfect yeah. was was very much like her background. And it was odd how our work dynamic changed just by her getting a chance to see who I really was. Yeah. Though for the two years prior, I never had seen that as something that was meaningful in the workplace and experienced a lot of negativity just from that. Yeah. So you you had asked a question in our notes about this episode. Um, why don't you lead the next few thoughts off with yeah. that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess I, the, the question that I had was, um, what do you do when coworkers are negative towards you directly? And, and you know, kind of reiterating what you're saying, uh, Eric, before was, you know, I've had some experiences that just like what you're saying with people um, who really have it out for me, uh, just like what you're you're talking about, and it, you know, so I just have to wonder sometimes if it's, you know, uh, is it my confidence in who I am? This is the Lord's child, and you know, and and you know, I I've got every confidence that the that God has confidence in me, and and I'm His, you know, son, um, and you know, I I don't have to prove myself to anybody else and I don't know if there's that just irritates people like what you're saying um but I guess that's the question is you know what do you do in a situation when someone is just negative towards you at work that's the question that I'm asking if someone's negative at at your work do you think that there's have you ever had an experience where you were able to ask someone what's your problem or or approach it from that angle at all do you think there's any any way to actually engage someone or does that is that too difficult of a is that too frontal approach you know like too too focused on the issue or you know do you know what i mean when i say that like yes is it is it too out of out of bounds to just as part of the answer to this is try to figure out by just asking someone have you ever said like (laughs) what's what do you have a problem with me like what's wrong what what what's the deal have you ever had an honest conversation like that in a workplace? Yes, I have. And and uh, how did that go? Well, so I I think that sometimes yeah sometimes just the honesty of just saying it seems to me that you have an issue with me. What is the issue? I mean, I'd like to figure this out. Um, and I've had those. I've had situations where those have worked out, but I've. I've also had situations where I didn't feel comfortable enough to actually have that conversation because so many rocks had been thrown, you know, that I figured the rocks are just going to keep coming. It doesn't, I'm, this is an enemy. This person has made, uh, me out to be an enemy to them and they're, you know, so for instance, I guess taking back a step to what you had asked before, you know, I've had situations where I, and I think this kind of comes at, uh, so I've had situations where 
I have obviously not been the chosen candidate for a new position for one person in the company, whoever it is, one person that I'm working with. So, you know, I will get, I'll be hired by human resources and the human resources department doesn't ask the people I'm going to be working with. And so I come into a situation where, uh, I, here I am, I'm ready to work. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And somebody on that team says, we're not happy that you're here. Mm-hmm. And so then I become sort of uh, uh, an out, you know, I, it, it, there can, they have a team uh, maybe uh, on their side to try to um, try to build up a story about me. And I don't know, you know, maybe I'm just imagining things, but I think these kind of things can happen where if you're not, you know, chosen by, it's rare that uh, the person that gets hired is is everybody's choice. Mm-hmm. And so then I've had to find out how to work out. Um, now I'm working with all these people now and I've got to figure out how to work out whatever their perception of me is. Like you're saying with that, you know, your story about your, uh, your boss years ago, what is their perception of me and how can I figure out a way to work around that? Or, are they just ticked because um, I got hired instead of their best friend that they recommended to the job? And I'm never going to be able to be their best friend that mm. they recommended. And so they're just going to have it out for me. Mm. And that's kind of the question that I'm, I'm asking is, in this circumstance, how is it that we can, that I, as the Christian worker, can work out a relationship with this person that I have to work with, mm-hmm. where they're going to make my life hell but I've got to figure out a way to get along with them and actually go be productive. And, um, and you know, I don't want to, I don't, not seeming like a goody two shoes uh, and, and not going about it the wrong way. But um, part of it is, is that, you know, that person, if I have that, back to your question, if I have that, you know, direct conversation, like what's the deal? Maybe that works for certain personalities, but um, there's been times when I've just been, I chickened out, and maybe that's my problem. But okay, well, I I think we both would agree that in light of this podcast, we're we're not shying away from the fact that we're asking how does a Christian navigate the issues in the workplace? Like, right. how do you serve God? How do you how do you glorify God in the workplace as a Christian facing these kind of issues? So I I would probably say both of us would agree. Primary, the first thing, and you've listed this in some of yours, is are you praying? Yeah. About your workplace. Yeah. I, I think we would start with that issue of before we, t- you know, before we ever talk to other people about God, we should talk to God about other people, right? Yeah. We, we, we got to bring our work life, our relationships with people at work to the Lord in prayer. That, that involves always in prayer, that aspect of God, show me where there's any wicked way in me, as Dave, David would say, you know, show me, show me, is there an issue in here that you need to speak to my heart? Am I open to the Lord to talk to me first? Mm-hmm. before I talk to anybody else in my workplace about any of these kind of issues. If you're not praying about your work, you're not praying for your coworkers, and, and I'm not talking that you have to, you know, an hour on your face before God about your whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, do you bring your your life of work to the God in prayer? Do you yeah. Are you listening to him on how 
for wisdom on how to navigate your day-to-day activities? Are you asking him to soften your heart and to be teachable and humble when and correctable? Are you asking God for the courage and the strength to maybe stand up for what you know is the right direction in, in work or to advocate for your position or your um, work life in a, in a way that requires courage? So I think you would agree that the first thing is, as Christians, are we praying about the workplace? Yes. Yes, exactly. And I think that, yeah, exactly. Uh, pray, praying... Uh, for that relationship because uh and in the dynamic that you know we talked about is my question partially is how do you how does one individual who feels like they're being bullied uh and feels like there's a lot of negativity towards them in the workplace how do they resolve that relationship uh so that they protect them themselves um, as and they're not sort of cowering all the time in order to make the relationship work, uh, but also they feel like that they are that they are, you know, it, it, that relationship is resolvable, you know. And what's the tools that we need? And so prayer definitely being one of obviously that maybe that's the most important one. I don't know it's if it's obviously say, though. I don't, well, maybe it's not obvious people, either. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it you know, obviously. I, I've had some time to think about uh, some of these things, but prayer and maybe understanding as well. And I'll put that maybe as number two. Yeah, because you say consider consider them. Is that what you mean by yeah, consider them? What exactly? Consider so. Explain that. Might you know? So obviously, I maybe not obviously. I keep saying obviously now. This time I'm saying obviously in this podcast. It's not conversation it's not. or like. We, we're doing good. We've we've moved on to new words. We're okay. I'm away from do you know what I mean, and now I'm too, obviously. obviously. Okay, so my when I, I I have been bullied in the past in school. I was kind of a geeky little kid. I was always little, um, and so easy target for for bullying or just for bigger kids to just kind of like yeah you're like a little brother. I'm just going to shove you around a little bit. Well, I interpret that as bullying. Um, and my will never forget my mom always would say, "Look, you have to recognize that those kids have a story. Those kids have something going on in their lives, and maybe they're not you know they they're not happy and they're wanting to take their frustrations out on somebody because of that and so I guess that's the consider them part of it for me is recognizing that that person has has a story of their own maybe it is and maybe i haven't gotten the story yet because maybe they're they're just ultra frustrated because their best friend didn't get hired but and i'm using that as a vague example but uh but i need to figure out i just need to consider maybe that will be helpful for me as the christ follower in this situation is just to say look i get i don't get all i don't as a christ follower i know i don't have i don't know all the things that are going on yeah. Consider them. Okay, so praying for your coworkers that are negative in your workplace, taking steps to understand where they may be coming from, at least mentally using that as a posture to there's more to this person than just this issue. Can I be understanding? Or if you have an opportunity to, to talk and yes. ask, so that that's part of it. What would you say would be another one? Yeah, and I think that it seems like when you're trying to be as a part of a culture 
or a team. Team and culture, uh, and I think there's lots been written about this, but team and culture seem to have these dualities of shared enemies and shared, uh, you know, experiences. So, and, you know, shared beliefs too. But I think that sharing an experience or having shared experiences with uh, coworkers is helpful. And sometimes that can probably get uh, too much. But I think that that's trying to find a way to have a shared victory with a, a coworker is also um, something that I, I could have an effort towards. Um, and maybe that's just, you know, congratulating them on something that they've done well, um, participating in their success in a way. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you know, working on, if you're working on projects together with them, you know, doing your part to make them successful just as well as you would uh, make yourself successful in that way. So I think having a shared experience with them is important. And I, as a Christian, I think we, we would understand that that's kind of a directive of gospel living where Jesus is saying, you know, that the, the way that we are called to interact with others and serve one another is to prefer them to ourselves, that we are mm. called to serve people. We're, we're to be the people that encourage and lift up and empower others. We should be the kind of people that when we're in their lives or we're in their work life, they feel like we're someone that isn't trying to steal from them or, or, mm. or you know, put ourselves before them, but that we are sincerely wanting the team to excel, to excel yeah. or that we want our coworkers to um, achieve whatever that, you know, I mean, you can be in a workplace where other people seem like everyone is a dog eat dog world yeah. versus someone that not necessarily is a pushover or that doesn't have an opinion or anything, but they sincerely aren't there to make sure everyone knows you're in the room. Right. And that can maybe defuse some criticism if they feel like you genuinely um, want them to excel or be heard heard or achieve or get the raise or get the position. You know, as Christians, asking ourselves generally, what does it mean to put someone else first in the workplace? Those are hard questions because you're not going to get that kind of strategy from worldly principles. No. You know, but yet we do want those dynamics in our workplace, even if we don't come at them from a religious standpoint. You want people to uh, not tear down coworkers, not work to undermine them, not sabotage them, not gossip about them, not constantly work to get every project you're doing ahead of them or instead of them. So I think those are aspects that if we can defuse critical people by trying to serve them or love them is a Christian value that we have to figure out how to put that in play in a workplace while at the same time wanting to get a promotion, excel, make more money for the company and, and not just create, you know, an environment where that's not happening. But okay. So praying for them, understanding and considering them, uh, working to have shared experience with them that, um, like we've expressed, that might empower them or prefer them. What are some other ways that you think we could handle someone? What if, what if nothing's working? What yeah. if they're just always, it just seems like that person is bent on, they don't like you. Yeah, and it, I mean, so 
perfect example is is um, what if you're the only female in an all male dominated workplace and they're never going to give you credit for knowing what you obviously know and you're, they're never seem to give you credit or they're going to kind of put you down whatever maybe it's time to walk maybe it's just not a good fit um, and you know I've recently come to um, you know some hard realities with that kind of conclusion myself um, and it's sometimes it's just a not a good fit uh, and it's time to to move on I, I'm I'm just throwing that out there as a possibility, but, you know, if, if you feel like, you know, you've done everything you can, um, put your best self forward to try to make, um, a relationship in the workplace work, uh, then I, and, and you're just not going to get anywhere with that particular group of people or, you know, it doesn't seem like the bully is going to be pointed out and, told to knock it off uh, or that they need to, or that they're maybe maybe they're too valuable quote unquote to the company or the company thinks they're too valuable quote unquote to lose so they're they're always going to stay there that's a situation that you're, you're sort of in a toxic environment and maybe you need to move on and find something that is more of it and I hate saying that because I don't what I want is to ultimately I want to be able to resolve those kind of solutions in my heart of hearts. I don't want to have to walk away from a bad relationship. And I think that honestly, that that's what keeps a lot of people in bad relationships generally is, is that feeling that, you know, I have, there's no way out of this. I don't, you know, I've, I've committed myself to this and I want to make sure that this works. And then you feel like, gosh, there's no way out. And, because you're committed to it. And I think for in the workplace environment, it's, you know, you may feel that way, but maybe there's other options you haven't considered. Yeah, because I, I think we would, we both agree that if you're in the workplace and you're experiencing criticism or negativity or challenges, it would be irrational to try to think that you're going to have an environment where that is never there. Those are as, yes, those are the thorns the realities of working in a garden, you're going to have weeds, you're going to have hard soil, there's going to be pests, there's there's no harvest without the challenges of those kind of things. And I think before anyone um, moves on or quits or, or gets to that point, we would hope that we all are doing the best to do what we can do before that happens. And, and I guess, you know, as Christians, sometimes there's this this comes out in in some criticisms of the church that are you teaching people to stay in unhealthy relationships right. or or abusive relationships is is turning the other cheek mean that you're supposed to live with a spouse that beats you or mm. or that kind of thing so how do we as christians um live that turn the other cheek kind of value out in places that are sometimes difficult maybe even toxic but yet not go beyond you know, not, not encouraging people to endure abuse, you know, like and how martyrdom do you, in, or, in some ways, yeah. yes, or martyrdom. Yeah. And like, how do you equip people to not, to realize that there's going to be an amount of suffering that comes in every, every sphere of life? Yes. Right. Your work is going to be hard sometimes. 
a couple things that I thought of because I deal as a pastor with with criticism is a, is a a dynamic of of my work. Yeah. Um, some of the things that I've put in place to help me to n- combat the idea that maybe the answer is just go to another church. Right. Yeah. Because right. I know that in most cases there's going to be people there too. Right. <laughs> so I'm not going to get away. Out. I'm not going to get away from that. So some of the things that I incorporated is own what is true, uh, do honest inventory of criticism. So if there's a critical person, I'm dealing with that consistently. I want to live that kind of life where I'm going to maybe do that self-reflection. I'm going to have some conversations with other people to try to get perspective. Is this reality? Am I not seeing something in myself that's causing this criticism? Mm. You know, if, if I don't get from other people confirmation of that, that's helpful in, you know, wisdoms found in the multitude of counselors, the Mm. Bible says, Mm. get that kind of perspective from other people and then own it. If, if you've got an issue, you're lazy, you're negative, you're 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 a glory hog. You're insensitive to other people. <laughs> you're always eating the food in the fridge that other people's names on. Uh, you're taking the best spots in the parking spot. You're you know whatever it is. I think I think as Christians we have to humble ourselves and and admit when we're doing whatever. Um, but on the other side of that is refuse to fall into the trap that everyone's issues are your issues. Um, when I'm as a pastor, as a male, as an older person, I'm a Gen Xer, not a boomer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, not that okay, old. boomer. You know that that doesn't apply to me. But I do. I have learned that whenever someone comes into a church environment, they usually are coming in how they left another church, generally. So in time, they will always see you as if there's been problems prior as the person they they were with, you know, it's like, oh, I know pastors, or, oh, this church is just like that. And so there's always this kind of period of time where you have to commit to kind of getting through that, not knowing each other and all the expectations or assumptions that are there relationally. That takes time. It takes having a thick skin. It, it takes giving people the chance to kind of get to the point where they realize, oh, not every place is the same. Yeah. Some people do it better. Some people do it worse. Uh, the last thing is I, I try to foster an environment where people are free to approach me and talk about issues. Mm-hmm. That it's okay to have differences of, of opinions. It's okay to learn how to debate in a healthy way. That you should have dialogue with people who are in uh, that are your coworkers or that are on staff or that are under you in some capacity like a boss. Are you approachable or are you just this unapproachable person in an office somewhere or behind a pulpit and their views and their ideas are it and you just got to sit out there and shut up and accept it? Um, In some ways, I have the power to try to lessen that by creating a culture, which we've talked about in the past. Not every coworker has the ability to determine what their boss is going to be like. Um, So those those are some of the things that... I've dealt with and in the range of issues I deal with people, you know, when you have someone come up to you and say, I really don't like the neck hair that you have. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's not a lot of preparation okay. in the moment to know how to respond to the fact that someone doesn't like the way your hair grows on your neck. Um, that you know, that's a a minor example of something ridiculous, and it goes a wide spectrum of all kinds of different things. But but how you look, and I have friends that are ladies that are pastors, and and they'll talk to me about how what they wear or how they look yeah. is always this issue in leadership. Yeah. And I'm sure that's true in the business world as well. It's yeah. like you're judged by all these kind of things. Um, but as a Christian, these are some of the tools that I'm hoping people can have in their toolbox that we've talked about. Um, is there any other thoughts that you have that might be helpful? Well, I mean, I was, I was just going to reiterate how interesting it is. Uh, the similarities between, you know, church experience and you as a pastor trying to help to maintain uh, your church and people in your church and the good relate, you know, you know, it's, it seems like, and I think you said this before, um, it seems like it's pretty easy sometimes, or we, we have made it easy in our culture to just walk away from whatever. And so if we want to be people um, who are committed to good things and committed to good uh, ground that isn't uh, that isn't already producing fruit but has the potential to produce good fruit, um, then we're going to have to deal with thorns. We're going to have to deal with, with uh, weeds, and um, we're going to need those tools. And so it's interesting that the work environment is very similar to the church environment in that way that, you know, we want to develop... Um, committed people who are willing to withstand some pressures in order to get the best fruit possible out of their labor and stay together to do that and work as a team to do that. Um, and so I think that me as a team member, I, I just want to, I just want to recognize some of those tools that, that we talked about. And also I, I think, you know, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm reading this book, uh, Every Good Endeavor by Tim Keller. It's a famous book. Uh, and he talks about a part of this topic uh, like this. He says in Genesis 3, verse 18, he tells us, uh, Genesis 3, verse 18 tells us not only that thorns and thistles will come out of the ground, but also that you will eat the plants of the field, thorns and food. Work will still bear some fruit, though it will always fall short of its promise. Work will will be both frustrating and fulfilling. Hmm. I think that's an interesting way to, you know, approach this idea because it it's I think it's important to recognize that point. Hmm. Um and I think that was pretty profound for me to hear uh that we can't I think it's when we talk about it it seems obvious we shouldn't expect perfection out of any aspect of life, but at the same time we're, we're striving for something like perfection and it can be very frustrating to have those weeds or those thorns um, when we're really working hard for food. Mm -hmm. And if you're, I, I think in closing, if, if you're in a place where it's all frustration yeah. and you don't see fruit, yeah. that's probably a place where you're going to have to really make some decisions on whether or not you're working in the right place. And in the same way, if, if you're having a lot of fruitfulness, and you're freaking out over some frustration, then maybe your perspective is, again, not in the right place. And I think that's a great 
way to realistically deal with the workplace. You're going to have frustrations and fruitfulness and evaluate where you're at on that. And um, that probably will help you lead to some healthy decisions on what you're supposed to do. Yeah. All right. Till next time. All right. God bless. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.